0: Hi everyone and welcome to The FFS Show, a new podcast about fact-checking and misinformation from the ferret. I'm Ali Bryan, your host, I've been a fact-checker at the ferret since 2017 and joining me is Mags Taylor. Hi Mags.
1: Hi there, hi, yeah, I'm a freelance journalist and I've been a fact checker at The Ferret since the start of this year.
0: This week we'll be checking anti-coronavirus vaccine claims in a post on social media that's gone viral, pardon the pun. We'll also be explaining how you can avoid falling for COVID-19 vaccination scams that might come to you via email.
1: So Ali, you looked at an interesting meme that was being shared on social media this week, didn't you, about the the vaccination and the, the potential side effects, et cetera, of that. Um, wh- where where was that one being spread? Uh,
0: it was being sh- shared quite widely around the world, but it was mentioned in a few of uh, the anti-lockdown stroke coronavirus conspiracy groups that are either based in Scotland and the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, they're mostly referring to like a list of supposed attributes of the of the coronavirus vaccine. These are quite common uh misinformation posts that kind of spread around anti vaccine groups around the world.
1: Yeah, and this one seemed to kind of collate them all together, didn't yeah. it? Sh- shall we go through a few of the, the the various claims that were on that one? Um I mean I guess the first one, and this I have heard this one quite a bit, you can still spread the virus even after you've been vaccinated. I think I mean is there some truth in that? I think that the potentially is, is there?
0: Yeah, the f- focus of the coronavirus vaccines is about stopping people from getting seriously ill and then obviously potentially dying from the, v- the virus itself. It's not yet really known exactly how much they're going to stop you from passing on the virus, but obviously the less people get, are uh, get seriously ill from uh, coronavirus, the less likely they are to have the symptoms that then would help to pass on the virus, as we know is commonly how it's passed on. It will become more clear as the vaccines rolled out um, and as kind of monitoring of people continues as how effective it is to stopping people from spreading the virus from person to person. But coronavirus vaccinations vaccinations in general, they can't 100% stop you from passing on the virus or even getting the virus.
1: Yeah. I mean, the quite interesting thing about this as well, there are so many different vaccinations which have different kind of levels of effectiveness in any case, but this wasn't specifically mentioning any of them was it it was just a kind of catch-all <laughs> uh, vaccination is bad
0: yeah well it seemed to take bits of like negative things from various different studies around all different types of vaccinations so it's likely that it probably originated in the us yeah but as, as you say there's three vaccines currently approved in the uk uh, astrazeneca pfizer and moderna there's um, numerous vaccines being trialed around the world and Different areas of the world obviously have different vaccines that they will likely take up. Yeah. But this seemed to be just taking a broadside of all the different various studies that have been publicised about various vaccines at various stages in their test processes.
1: And I guess, I mean, this relates into the next point that, wasn't it, about the two-month immunity? I mean, you can't say that about a catch-all term for, for the vaccines, can you? Like, what, 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 what did you find out when you were looking into this claim about the two-month immunity?
0: As you say... One of the major problems that we have with saying with any real certainty of how much immunity these vaccines are going to give you, um, what length of time is, is that we are currently sitting at a period where it's only in the last few months that people have started to be given this vaccine in the generally, certainly um, outside of controlled yeah. environments in the testing.
1: And d- did the testing phase for any of the the vaccinations discover anything about how long the immunity was?
0: There's really no like quick way to find this out. You, the only way you can do it is by waiting uh, to see how many how many people how many mm-hmm. people got the vaccine and how many people haven't got the vaccine, and then how long it takes to, for this community to build up. It seems like some experts are suggesting that it is likely that the vaccine may be recurring, so you might have to get it every year, like people do with the flu jab. There's also um, we've we've heard about the South African variant and how effective potentially how effective uh, the vaccines might be against that. These are all things that the makers of the vaccines are going to have to work on as we go through and as this sort of develops into year by year process of improving the vaccine.
1: Mm. Now, what, what's the reaction rate? Is that in terms of people having a negative reaction when they receive a vaccine? Because what, that's one of the claims there, isn't it? A 10 to 15% reaction rate. What, what does that mean? And what, what does that figure mean?
0: Yeah, well, it seems like that claim comes from an interview with one of the health experts that was leading the COVID program under Donald Trump. So the ten to fifteen percent reaction refers to significantly noticeable, as they would say, effects. So that can be sort of fevers, chills, muscle aches, headaches. The things, a lot of these things are things that.
1: But you would expect that anyway, wouldn't you, in any kind of vaccination or any kind of drug, even?
0: Yeah, people will recognise these things from any time they've they've themselves have got a vaccination. Older people who've got the flu vaccine uh, will notice that some of these things quite. They sort of seem to slightly replicate some of the things that the illness itself gives you. It doesn't mean major allergic reactions to the vaccine although of course it it, you know that will happen there will be some people who are allergic to the vaccine as again with any vaccine it doesn't mean that there hasn't been enough testing on the vaccine and it's dangerous it just means that there's a small number of people who who may experience um anaphylaxis and kind of extreme reaction to the vaccine.
1: So, what? What about in terms of? I mean, you you mentioned anaphylaxis there, which I guess you might expect a very small number of people to, to experience that after any kind of vaccination. But there's also on that list an increased risk of HIV, and they've also mentioned Bell's palsy. Is there any any kind of indication that that's happened at all yet?
0: The HIV risk uh, increase is a very interesting little um, sub issue that was um, raised in. Uh, by a group of researchers in the medical journal of the lancet they warned that certain types of vaccines could leave people more vulnerable to contracting hiv you know the different vaccines work in different ways and they use different sort of methods in order to create the vaccine the vaccine uses a genetically modified virus to create spike proteins which is what trains your body to fight off a coronavirus infection so ad5 is a certain type of virus modified adenovirus which is used to create these proteins. This group had had used this in in previous trials for an HIV drug that they were trying to create and had found that there had been some increased risk they'd found among people who had been in these trials. However none of the vaccines that are in the UK that are currently approved actually based on this AD5 vector.
1: And what about the claim about Bell's palsy? Where, Where did that come from and is there any evidence of that?
0: Yeah, so this uh, viral post claimed that the vaccine is likely to give you Bell's palsy. That's um, a weakness that affects one side of your face. It's usually a temporary thing, often treated um, with steroids. The alleged increased risk of Bell's palsy from the coronavirus vaccine appears to come from some of the trials for the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine. And again, a couple of the other vaccines used similar trials where they noted in the trial that there were some people who developed Bell's Palsy during these trials.
1: Uh, could, again, causation, correlation, could, could they link it directly?
0: No. If someone has any sort of you know, medical health change or whatever during these trials, it'll be noted because obviously these are things that they have to look into. So in, in the Pfizer trial, there's four people out of 38,000 noted developing the condition in uh, the four cases were also noted in the moderna trial Again, uh, out of thirty thousand, no reports of bell palsy were found in the astrazeneca trials so those are the three current rolled out uk vaccines they noted in the trial um the pfizer trial that the number the four people that developed these uh, symptoms around about what you'd expect people to develop bell palsy in a general in a similar size group of people virus or no virus You're listening to The FFS Show. If you want to help us do more podcasting and more fact-checking, you can support us for just £3 a month. To find out more, go to theferret.scot forward slash subscribe. So this week we've both been looking at uh, coronavirus vaccine misinformation, Mm -hmm. but you've been focusing more on... um, scams that have been perpetrated by people around appointments to get their vaccinations in the UK.
1: Yeah, this is one of those things that very much plays into, I guess, fears and anxieties of vulnerable elderly people, perhaps people living on their own. They'll be anxious about getting their vaccine. They've been told, don't call us, we'll call you type thing. We'll we'll come to you yeah. with your appointment. But if people are hearing that perhaps friends, relatives, neighbours have received an appointment and they haven't, and then suddenly they're getting A text message or an email sometimes it's a text message with a a, you click on a link that takes you through to a website and basically it's uh, saying to people okay you've been chosen you've been specially selected for a coronavirus vaccination click here give me your bank details give me your address give me your date of birth give me all your personal information and we will confirm your your booking Uh, anyone who receives such a thing it is a scam it's absolutely a scam
0: So what do these emails and texts look like?
1: There are various different formats to them, but they're all looking for the same thing. Uh, There can be a text message that says you have been chosen for a vaccination. Click on this link to secure your booking or emails, which are essentially the same thing, telling people you've been selected. uh, You can, you can book now, uh, you can get your appointment, you can get your vaccination, but basically (laughs) the, the thing, the key thing they're looking for is bank details or personal details. So, name, address, date of birth, any other kind of identifying features that perhaps could help people work out passwords. Um, if you have enough information, you, you can do that. So, so there are some which are, I guess, a bit more subtle that aren't asking outright for bank details, but there are yeah. others that are asking for bank details and saying that the, the details are required to confirm your address or your <laughs> your identity, basically. But essentially, it, it's to to steal your identity.
0: So this is quite a common form of scam that's been going around before coronavirus, isn't it?
1: It is, yeah. Yeah, it it takes the same format as essentially any online scam. I mean, you've seen it in all kinds of different areas. But the the people that that set up these scams are very good at copying websites, making them look very official. They tend tend to use quite correct language. There are always little giveaways um, in the way things are worded or phrased.
0: So what should people be looking for?
1: The key giveaways in the email will be the email address that it's come from. Um, they, they never look properly official. It'll be something like at Yahoo or at something. There could be a lot of numbers, a lot of different letters. It won't be official looking. But regardless of that, like never mind even trying to, to be a sleuth and work out if it's come from an incorrect email address or not. Just know that if you're receiving an email, it's fake. The NHS will never, ever, ever email anyone with an appointment. Your appointment will only ever come in an envelope. We've heard about the distinctive blue envelopes that the NHS is sending out. Um, Not everyone's getting those so far because there was a bit of a problem with supply. They weren't all ready. Um, If your appointment doesn't come in a blue envelope, don't worry. If it's a white envelope with an NHS logo stamped on the outside, then that's all right. Or you may get a phone call from your local GP surgery or someone within the local health board.
0: So... What should people do if they are receiving these emails? Should they be passed on to the NHS or to another body?
1: Basically, ignore it. <laughs> but pay absolutely no attention to it. You'll know it's a scam. You'll know it's a fake. You'll know it is not your appointment. Um, if you're if you're concerned and still waiting to hear about your appointment, just wait until you get that phone call. Wait until you get that letter. Um, if anyone does feel motivated to report it, the uh, Crime Stoppers, the National Cyber Security Centre. Or Police Scotland are all dealing with with reports of this, but it's not it's not necessary to report it. They are aware of these scams. They know how they operate.
0: These scam emails are sort of playing on people's fears about the coronavirus and the vaccine, aren't they?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I guess it's quite kind of pertinent that they've emerged. I mean, I know we're at the start of the the vaccination process, but it's quite. Interesting important that it, it's emerged when it's the elderly that are being vaccinated first, who are perhaps mm. not as tech savvy as younger people might be. I mean, that might be an unfair characterization, but... If they're alone, if they're vulnerable, I mean, if you're in like a family group, you might be able to say, "Oh, do you, do you think this is accurate? What should I do about it?" If you're on your own, you might just click and you might just put in your details because you're afraid and you're you're looking out for confirmation that that you're going to be getting your vaccine soon. So
0: you don't want to miss your chance to get it either.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Thanks for listening to the first FFS podcast. We'll be doing these every two weeks, and uh, remember, if you see any misinformation online that you want us to check and want us to talk about, you can email us at factcheckattheferret.scot or get in touch with us on social media. Thanks for listening.
1: Bye!